Season one of the Building a Vibrant Community podcast is sponsored by a grant from Southern SARE, Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education. Welcome to the Building a Vibrant Community podcast, where we help people discover new ways to make their communities vibrant communities. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm James Barnes, along with my co-host, Lauren Colby-Nichols. Hey, y'all. Rachel Carter. Hey, everybody. How's it going, guys? Going so good. Awesome. We're going to talk about something. Wait, what are we doing today? We are interviewing one of the best people. He is a grand marketer and extension professor, Mississippi State's finest. His name is, y'all might know him, y'all have heard of him, Dr. James Newton Barnes. I'm just smiling and laughing over here. That's very kind of you, but... Um, no, yeah, it's my true. turn. It's my turn. The to tables are turning. The tables it are turning. So you guys today. are interviewing me. This is okay. You're going to ask all kinds of questions. I'm not even ready for right. Um, Probably. You'll know how to answer my best. Okay. Okay. I'll do my best. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to build a website that sells, and it's part of the online course that we're creating called Seven Ways to Quickly Grow Your Food Business. And so, Elsie, what do you got? What are you in? What do you and RC have loaded up here for questions well, for from me? from what we've learned from you, there are a few problems, and you're going to provide more solutions. So how to build a website that sells. So you just let me know when you're ready to jump into those questions. I'm ready. What, what, what's the first question? So I guess the first one would be, why do so many biz- websites fail to sell products or their services? Hmm. There's a lot of reasons, but I think there are basically three things. Um, the first thing is that they fail to clearly tell customers, um, what the problem is they solve for them. Like what's, what's the product or service? What's the problem it's, it's solving. And in, in other words, what is the product? Like a lot of times people just don't know what it is you're selling. You see lots of websites that are not clear on that or what the service is. Uh, the second part of that is they don't know how the product or service makes a customer's life better. Uh, it's up to us to tell the customer how their life is going to be made better. It's up to us to use images to show them what that looks like. Um, and so that's the second thing. The third thing is, even if I get past those two questions, a lot of times there is a very weak call to action button to call customers to take the next step to do business with us. We're, when we're not clear with those things, we confuse people. And our brains are wired to look for clarity. And so when we look for clarity and we don't see it, our brains literally start to use calories. And because we're wired to thrive and survive, our brain says, switch. Let's don't do this anymore. Let's don't do this. Let's don't burn the calories on this. And so if you're choosing between two websites to do business with, you're going to pick the one that's easy to, to understand easy to answer those three questions, and you're going to do business with that one. And, that, and that's the biggest thing. You know, some ad budgets, as much as 25% of the ad budget is wasted because of these reasons. And that's a lot of money. You know, if you, an average company uh, in the U.S. with one to four employees has like $387,000 in revenue, if you look at a percentage of that as the, the marketing budget and think about wasting a quarter of it, it's somewhere around seven thousand dollars per company. Now, that's outrageous. it's seven thousand a year. So you think, well, that's that's a good chunk of money, but how big a problem is it? Well, more than six hundred thousand companies pop up new every year in the U.S. You can do the math. It's over four billion dollars wasted, and that's just with new companies starting up, not the ones that are 
are in existence that, that may waste the same thing, and that's not all the size of companies. So it's a huge problem. Mm. Well, I have a couple of questions, James. This is Rachel, and I wanted to um, get you to do two things. Okay. One, as you said, uh, people don't always on their websites have a call to action button. Mm-hmm. What exactly do you mean by that? Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so call to action is really simple. Buy now. Schedule a call, book an appointment, um, hire now is another one I've seen. Uh, really active language. Ones like uh, learn more are, are a little bit passive. Uh, those don't perform well in conversions as good as something like buy now. I mean, when you go to, let's say, let's go back to our, one of the examples that we talk about sometimes, and it's local ones here in Starkville. Um, Deep South Pow, their call to action button is going to be shop now or shop, right? It's not going to be learn more, right? Well, you'd be surprised how many companies don't get that right. And so if I, you don't call me to action, Rachel, as a customer, I'm just not going to take it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to move on to something else. Okay. That, that, that really covers that. Thank you, James. Oh, also, what are the five things that you should do to your website to sell more and, and enhance that call to action? Five things. Yep, there are five basic things. And I know people may say, well, there's another six things that we ought to do too. That's true. But if you don't do these five, nothing else will really matter. So the first thing is you got to have a clear message. And the message has to be what we talked about a minute ago. Your message has to be, here's the problem we know you as a customer have, and here's how we can solve it for you, and here's how your life's going to look when we solve it for you. So images are going to portray that. They're going to show a happy uh, customer uh, having their problem solved. That's the key. That's the kind of imagery you want to use. It's what we call a climactic scene in a movie, and that's at the end of the climactic scene, the movie's over, right? The problem's solved. It's over, and everybody's happy. You know, so that... That's what you want to do. You want to have a clear message, and that's that's number one. Um, number two, and I know we've talked about this on some other episodes, but we just can't emphasize it enough, high-quality images and video. Um, if you don't have it, just don't do anything until you get it. Uh, but the images are going to be those that are really about the customer being successful. If I'm hiring a cleaning service for my home, when I go to a cleaning service website, Chances are I want to see the inside of a home that's very clean and happy customers. You know, I, that's what you want to see because that's the story you want to be in. And so if you paint it that way, people connect better and they know you can solve their problems. So the second one is, is certainly getting high-quality images and video. You've got me wanting to evaluate every website I've ever helped. <laughs> and you can. You know, you can go through just some simple things. There's a, a, I mentioned it a minute ago, those three things, those three problems can really be what we call the caveman grunt test. Like really quickly, in 10 seconds, you can evaluate any website. So here's the grunt test. What's the product? How does it make my life better? How do I get it? If you can answer those three questions in 10 seconds, you've got a website that people are going to stay on and get engaged with and have a chance to make a sale. If you don't answer those three things in 10 seconds, you're out. I mean, you just, people are going to go on to something else that's easier to understand. But that's, that's uh, the top um, the top two things, you know, a clear message and great video, great imagery, showing success of the customer, because that's what really matters. The third thing is, we mentioned this a minute ago, a clear call to action, and not just one button, Rachel, I mentioned that a minute ago. You want it all throughout the site. 
you want to continually call customers to action. So if it's a book an appointment or uh, book a cleaning, right? If I have the cleaning service website, that's what I, that's the kind of call to action I'm going to use. And it's going to be all through the site. And it's going to be the same words. <clears throat> it's not going to be a different call to action. You don't change it halfway down the website, which we've seen that before. And it just doesn't convert well. It confuses people. So you want to use that all throughout the site. Um, related to that, number four would be a clear transitional call to action. You know, maybe I'm not ready to buy. Maybe, you know, it's it's like a relationship. I'm, I'm not, we're just kind of dating in a way. Like I'm <laughs> looking, I'm not sure. I don't want to pick, you know, I don't want to choose buy now, which commits me. I don't want to do that. This is a relationship, right? So we're just, we're going to date a little bit. So you can have something on your website called a transitional call to action. Sometimes people will put, um, Underneath their direct call to action, watch video. Or, you know, there will be something else you can download. You know, there, there's all kinds of transitional calls to action. And those are just to start building a relationship and building trust. So you can do that, too. That's number four. The final thing is what we call a lead magnet. A lead magnet is something when I go to your website. Let's, go, let's say I go to the cleaning services website. Um, and... I'm not sure I want to buy their services yet. So I'm just, I'm browsing. They've answered the three questions. I'm still engaged. And a, and a pop-up appears. And it asks me, you know, would I like to download a PDF? And the PDF may be entitled um, Three Things That Cause Pollution in Your Home or, or something, or, you know, Poor Air Quality or something. And it's related to cleaning, right? Mm. So you want to show the problem. You want to position it that way. That's giving value to customers. It's also positioning you as an authority to do that kind of service. So lots of people use that, and they do that to lead into their email marketing. You guys have been to websites. You've downloaded something. You get, you pull off a PDF, and then the next you know, five days you get a couple emails asking you, hey, how did you enjoy that PDF we gave you? Would you like to try our service, right? I'm a sucker for some sign up for our newsletter for 10% off. <laughs> well, and that's a great one because most newsletters, if I just say, Hey, you want to sign up for my newsletter? What's in it for me? Well, yeah, what I'm being kind of arrogant in thinking that you know what my newsletter is. You should want this. People don't do that. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work. Newsletter alone is dead. But if you say, you know, hey, you can get 25% off if you follow us on the newsletter. I'm there. Okay, I'm, I'm down for that. Tell me where the coupon's at. <laughs> so those are really the five things that you, if you're going to fix your website or even evaluate a website, that's the kind of thing that you'd want to look at. Those are the five things I would do. Well, I have just kind of a personal question. Hang on. Sorry, Rachel. Yeah. Um, what are some of the pet peeves of, of a website whenever you visit them and you're just like, oh, you didn't? Yeah. Um, too much text. Like Too wordy. So much text. I'm not going to read text. Nobody reads text. We scan it. If I can scan it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick around. And that's another thing. Um, being short with your words is a good thing. So lots of text, just I opt out almost immediately. That or a pesky pop-up that just follows me everywhere, that bothers me too. Those are probably my top two. And you can use pop-ups, but just there's, sure a, way, it's worth it. there's a way to use them without you know trying to just chase people around the website. So Rachel has a question for me. I know she's dying over there. I do, and I, I get this question a lot, especially with small towns and people trying to figure out how they're going to get themselves online. What would a business owner or a community look for 
in a web designer? How do you know you're getting what you're paying for and that they actually know what they're doing and they just didn't wake up yesterday and decide, hey, I'm going to be a web designer because I know how to how to use this this thing on the online? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, I think there are there are lots of things I want to look for. I want to look for their example uh, or examples on their website. A lot of web designers will have a page called Portfolio. And I'm going to dig into that thing. I'm going to look very, very closely at who those people are. I'm probably going to reach out to one or two of them. And I'm going to email the companies and ask. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, especially if there's a testimonial on their, on their website from that company. I mean, that's, this is somebody that had a good experience. So I want to know, how did it go? Was, you know, the timing was good? They kept their deadlines? That's a big deal when it comes to web development is keeping deadlines. And so I think that's one way I would do it, Rachel. The, the other thing that you have to look for when you look at those websites, just apply the grunt test we just did. Like, just go look at the websites that they've developed. Ask yourself three questions when you go to the website. What's the product being sold or service? How does it make my life, the customer, better if I use or buy it? And how do I get it? Are there clear calls to action? Do they have transitional calls to action, lead magnet, all those things. If they have those things and the words are compelling to you, it means they understand more than just design. They understand how to write to connect with people. And that's what we refer to as sales copy. So those are several things that you can do and ask about price. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to know what your cost is. Websites are not cheap. I mean, you can do some things on your own, but if you're really going to have one that's pretty involved, you're probably going to outsource to somebody. All right. Thank, thank you, James. And that, that website is definitely, when you think about price and how much you're going to have to pay, uh, a lot of what we talk about on the show is all about um, developing a marketing plan and a marketing plan budget. And so that's going to have to, you need to do some research on that. Yeah. And a good website is not cheap. I mean, it's just not. You're, you're hiring someone who takes a lot of time in their craft or skill. Um, web cost or website cost could be a lot of different numbers, right, depending on who you ask and what all you want on your website. But if you just have a service and you need a really simple one, I mean, you could probably do most of that on your own. You might have to hire a little bit done. But if you have one where you have to get people to book appointments, like you run a bed and breakfast, and you need someone to integrate that in with a scheduling app, it may get too complex. You may want to outsource anyway. But you still want to look for these kinds of things, no matter what business you have. Well, if people have more questions about these things, um, how can food businesses who want to improve their marketing contact you? Uh, the best way is to schedule a call, actually, if you go to the Bricks to Clicks marketing program that I direct here at Mississippi State University. Um, there's a schedule a ball, a schedule a call button. <laughs> I talked about basketball on Instagram somewhere along the way, and I've got basketball in my brain. Um, if you go to that green button and click on it, schedule a call, I will actually go online with you and look at your website, do a free review, just show you, you know, some things we've talked about today. We'll apply the grunt test to it and see what it looks like and see how we can help you. And from there, we kind of work toward a better marketing plan. Thank you, James. This has been so informative, and we have just enjoyed interviewing you. As always, such a pleasure. Oh, this is fun. Okay, well, I appreciate that, <laughs> ladies. Thank you for interviewing me. This is good. This is part of an online course we're all working on called Seven Ways to Quickly Grow Your Food Business. Today we're talking about how to build a website that sells. We appreciate you being with us. We want to thank um, Southern Sayre, our Season 1 sponsor. We appreciate them. And you can find the uh, podcast on iTunes. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Building a Vibrant Community podcast, where we help people discover new ways to make their communities vibrant communities.